Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Back for another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. And we're going to go against the grain this week on the podcast. But we're going to talk about... Uh, you know, the concept of being a good advisor isn't just always saying the the popular thing or uh, the, I guess, the most well-known thing, right? Sometimes right. you have to give out the straight information. Please tell me if I'm messing up my money because I need to know right. that. Same thing with my health, right? I think those are two yep. areas we certainly do that. So that's the topic this week. Do you pride yourself on being a straight shooter? You think yeah. I mean, I, in fact, I, I tell my clients, you know, as we're going through the planning process and discussion, it's like I, I'm and you got to be careful how you phrase this, right? I'm not sure. going to be rude and whatever. You know, I'm not here right. to be your friend. I'm not going to tickle your ear. Right. I'm going to tell go. you the truth. You know, I mean, yeah. it's now that being said, I'm friends with a lot of clients. We have a great relationship and I'm not going to be a great it, personality you know, so. inappropriately or rude or said, Oh, you're right. totally screwed up. No, I mean, <laughs> right. it's, it's like, well, you know what? That's probably not the right strategy. Let me talk yeah. to, here's the problem with it, you yeah. know, and let's have that discussion. I'd rather have that discussion yeah. Right. Because my goal is I'm not going to be your advisor today, tomorrow. It's for life and yeah, your kid's yeah. advisor. I want to help you go th through this process and, you know, work with if there's money left, the kids and it's yeah. a lifetime type of process is my goal. So, uh, so let's start with risk. There's the um, kind of accepted types of things like the appropriate amount of risk for a retiree or pre-retiree. Uh, if you wanted to go with something like the rule of a hundred where it's like yeah. okay, you're 60. So therefore, you know, 40% should be at risk, but maybe going right. against the grain fill is to say 40% is way too much for you, Mr. Jones, but 40% is not enough for you, Mrs. Smith. Yeah. So there, with risk, risk is always a real tricky, funny thing, right? Cause there there's the biggest concept in retirement is, now that I'm retired, oh, it's all I got. So I got to protect it. And, right. and yes, you do to some extent, but yeah. you've got to protect it from more than just the market. You know, you've got to protect it from inflation. And we're starting to right. unfortunately get a, <laughs> uh, a dose of reality and what inflation really looks like potentially. Just a little right? bit, yeah. You know, so you can't have money in the bank protected from the market and all of a sudden you've lost 9% to inflation. Right. You know, so yeah, risk is, is something I, I say it's got to be managed. You know, and there's a lot of ways to manage risk and understanding it too, and helping clients understand positioning a risk and what is their comfort level. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's really key, especially as we get into markets like we've seen today. You don't want to get overconfident. And unfortunately, a lot of people over the last 12 years have been very confident. Oh, markets are always going yeah. up. So they're they're more comfortable with risk maybe than what they really thought they would. Sure. Oh yeah. Until they got slapped. In the you know, until all of a sudden yeah. it's like, what happened? Markets aren't yeah. going up this year, you know? And no. yeah, they don't go up every year. Historically, it, you know, you go through these corrections and timeframes. So it's really understanding the need for risk. You're going to yeah. need some risk in a portfolio um, right. to grow long-term because you got to keep up with inflation. You know, we right. talked about this a lot. Our strategy is that now soon later, the bucket strategy where we're positioning risk, you know, if risk is in the portfolio, it's long-term in that later bucket where we're not touching it for 10 or more years. So we've got some time to ride through a little bit of volatility. Life insurance. Again, the kind of traditional thing is who in the world needs life insurance when you're 70, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, generally when people think of life insurance, it's okay, well, I've got a mortgage. Um, maybe yeah. I've got kids that are in college. So I've got to make sure that if something happens today, the, right. the kids have enough to get through college. And, you know, and most people think, oh, I'm retired. Um, I don't need life insurance anymore. I'm, I'm yeah. not working. So I'm not replacing my income stream. And that's, 
generally what the thought is, is life insurance is a replacement of an income stream. Yeah. I started to call it a young man's game, but it's really kind of, we tend to think of life insurance as a middle-aged man's game, right? You yeah. Have that middle age of life and you think, well, I don't need it when I'm old. You have all these other responsibilities that, yeah. you know, if, if you passed in your thirties, forties, yeah. you know, it can be just devastating to a family. So from an income standpoint, and life insurance is definitely key and is a good role in that strategy right. in, in preventing that. For a married couple, it's it's you've got to understand how it works because that surviving spouse is going to have a loss of income. Yep. From Social Security, there's only one of the benefits, either theirs or yours, that is going to survive. It's the highest of the two. So there's always going to be a loss of income. And if both Same of you tool. have very similar Social Security benefits, you're cutting that income in half. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, oh, there's a loss of income stream. Maybe life insurance is needed. You know, pensions are the same thing. Depends on what option, if you did it, if you have a pension, what option was elected. So a ca- cash value seems to be a conversation mm-hmm. piece around life insurance, Phil, where many advisors will be like, hey, you know, this is a great way uh, to, to you know, kind of build some, some wealth or to build yep. some you know, retirement accounts and for high income earners, especially because there's limitations on things like Roths. Right. So there you get into life insurance, there's the need. And that's what we've talked about so far is really the need for a death benefit. Then there's the usefulness of life insurance as a tool, right? And life insurance has a lot of potential benefits. You mentioned, mentioned cash value. So cash value, life insurance, we can put as much money as we want into it. Mm-hmm. There's no limit on that. It, it can be structured, designed around that. Um, there's no limit on you taking the money out and it can be designed and structured for you to take money out tax-free. So it, it fits in that tax-free or, or tax-advantaged gro- um, right. growth yeah. bucket for us. Um, so it could be a, a good option to put money in there just from that standpoint. It's a great option if you need a death benefit. Now we can use it in that bucket and, and mm-hmm. kind of get the advantage of the death benefit, but still have now the advantage, the tax advantages of life insurance. Right. And another um, use for life insurance that's becoming more prevalent, more companies are designing products to work this way, is that the death benefit can be used as a, a lot of times it's it's, um, called a chronic illness rider. So it's not technically Mm -hmm. long-term care insurance, but um, you qualified it to get that benefit in a similar fashion, okay. or you can have a product that is specifically designed as long-term care, but it's life insurance. So you would use the death portion that you would receive upon passing in a way to kind of help with the long-term care. Right. It's similar in concept to like the acceleration, a lot of chronic okay. illness acceleration. So a lot of policies will have, you know, if you're diagnosed terminally ill, yeah, you can accelerate and get that death benefit before you pass. Okay, gotcha. Same concept with chronic illness. If you can't perform and typically it's two out of the five activities of daily living right. or two out of the six, then um, you qualify. And now you have to, to go through their process of what you qualify for, but you can start to spend down that death benefit early. I'm going to combine three and four, Phil, because okay. it's the conversation of debt, really, just in sure. general. Uh, yes, the house kind of is always the you know kind of weird uh, debt conversation, but we've done that enough. So I, I just really mm-hmm. want to kind of combine these two. But again, going against the grain, how to handle debt? Well, many, many, many advisors would be like, debt's bad. All debt's bad. Get rid of mm-hmm. all of it. Every bit of it must be gone by the time you hit retirement age. So is it going against the grain to say, no, you know, it's not the worst thing to have some in, in retirement? Right. To me, debt's a tool, right? And it doesn't, 
you have to manage it, right? It, it, it certain types of debt, credit card debt, you know, consumer type of debt. Yeah, it's sure. probably not a good type not of debt to idea. continue to but carry. Gotta, Let's, we we talked about weeks interest back. rates are high. You so. got to have a credit card in today's world. So well, it's right, like, but just make sure you're paying it off, right? So right. don't carry a balance because you're paying yeah. crazy interest rates on it. Um, the house, yeah, we've had that discussion a lot. It, it comes down to that head rule, tummy rule concept we've talked about of, and some of this is probably going to change as interest rates have started to rise now. Right. Yeah. You know, when interest rates were at two, three, under 4%, I mean, pretty good argument to go ahead and keep the, the mortgage. Cause you, you can know? make, you can maybe make that money someplace else. Right. You, long-term cause you're locking in yeah. that lower rate for 30 years. Right. You know, and, and you can then keep the money outside to use for other things and invest yeah. it over long term. Probably grow it more than that. And yeah, have like more the hundred grand you want to just pay off the house with, you could maybe right. put that someplace else and make more than the three percent that it's costing you to have the mortgage kind of thing. Right. That mortgage is something that's keeping you up at night, and I just want to get it paid off. Well, let's yeah. figure out how to do that. Yeah. Right. Mathematically, it might not make sense to do it, but it's not my plan. It's your plan. I always tell the client. At the end of well, the day, I'll show you the go. pros and cons. Here's my opinion, what I would do, but not my plan, not my retirement. It's yours. What do you want yeah. to do? Well, there you go. I mean, going against the grain, you could say, hey, look, mathematically, this doesn't make any sense, but right. uh, it's driving you insane. So let's just do it. So we're going right. to go against the grain right there. All right. So let's talk about proper use or just appropriate use or just annuities in general, mm -hmm. maybe going against the grain, uh, finding a way to kind of say, okay, you know, it's, we're going to do this opposite of what the intention might be, or maybe even just the norm. This one's tough because the norm for a long <clears throat> time has been annuities are just bad, but yet right. so many people have them and it's a really useful tool if done correctly. Yeah. Annuities are, and you mentioned, you, you said, it, I mean, it's a tool. And that's what I tell clients when we're looking at any of these life insurance, annuities, investments, you know, any kind of investments, they're tools. Yeah. You got to have the right tool for what we're trying to accomplish. And annuities right. don't buy into the concept, oh, annuities are bad, right? Absolutely. Understand what they are. Don't don't listen to somebody that's always telling you they're bad. Yeah, they because can be. They've got, yeah. they've got a reason they're doing that because they don't believe right. in them, but this is what I'm going to sell you, right? Yeah. I, this is, I think this is great. Annuities have a potential purpose and use, and we use them not all the time sure. for every client, right? but they're, they're a great tool for, in my view, a couple of different things. Number one, if you want a guaranteed stream of income, if you don't want to worry about what's going on in the market, I just want to have that quote unquote mailbox money, right? Just like yeah. a paycheck. It's coming yeah. every month. The, you, there are only a couple of places you can get it. Social security, a pension, or an annuity. I mean, and they're kind of so, kind of what they are, right? I mean, Social Security is kind of annuity. Social Security is an annuity. Effectively, it it actually, pe pensions an annuity. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, it, it they're that's what they are. It's that stream yeah. of income, but that's only one type of an annuity. Right, right. You know that you can use in that fashion. Um, another good use of an annuity is is if you want that uh, asset that's protected. And again, it's a certain type of an annuity and we don't have time to get into all the details on different types. I think we've done that on another show, but yep. if not, we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to um, have some protection of the principal, no, I'm not going to lose it in the market, but have the potential to earn more than what you could say in money in the bank, mm -hmm. you know, in, in obviously different risks between money in the bank and annuities. And that's a whole nother discussion to get into. But if you want preservation of principal, want to participate in a little bit of the market upside, knowing you're not going to have the downside, then an annuity could be a good fit. Right. You know, um, and there's several other ways that you can position an annuity. Bottom line is this, understand what they are and it's an option. 
you know, again, when we're working with a client, if I think an annuity is a good fit, <clears throat> we can say, well, here's an option. We could do it this way or this way. Here's pros and cons on both sides. Mm -hmm. The biggest downside to annuities is there's going to be what's called the surrender period, right? And that doesn't mean you can't touch the money at all. It just They're means just not liquid. Yeah. If I change my mind and want all the money back, there's going to be a penalty. The insurance company is going to charge you, could be 10%, could be five. It kind of depends on the length of the annuity and when you're at you know, what period of time. Yeah, I mean, if you get into a seven-year contract, just, or, you know, just understand that that's what you're in, right? So it has to be money going into it that you know you're not going to need for seven years. So if your daughter decides to get married three years into it, and that's where you're going to get the money from, and it's the only place, then understand that it's going to probably cost you to do so, right? Right. And annuities, so annuities, again, are one of those things that when you're working with an advisor, understand what the tools that they have available to offer you are, yeah. right? If annuities are the only thing they have, then everything they're going to tell you is an annuity, yeah. you know? And there's some great, I'm not down in annuities. They're, they're great tools for the right reason, yeah. but well, just and, be careful. If that's yeah. the only thing they're getting presented with, well, yeah. maybe it's not the right person you should be talking with. Get a second opinion, somebody yeah. that, that has a broader, you know, um, experience, education, licensing, yeah. You know, somebody that's a fiduciary that can give you pros and cons. So they got they got more paints on the palette to choose yep. from. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and be honest with people when you're talking to them about it, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm thinking about getting an annuity, and you know, we're not going to need the money." But that's also kind of the discovery process because then yep. through the conversation, Absolutely. if it's like, "Hey, you will need this money and sooner than that," then that's again the surrender charges could be a reason why it's not the fit. Right. Um, mutual funds. How do we? This one's interesting because the the mm-hmm. dynamic has changed. Um, they're used everywhere, right? They they've been around forever. Right. But the shift has been a lot of times. Well, they're 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 just not that fantastic anymore. There's better things to do, even ETFs. Right. Yeah. So ETFs are uh, kind of the new uh, avenue that that um, is being used. So mutual funds. I mean, they've been used in four hundred one ks for years. You know, yeah. and that's where everyone um, has the experience with them. Yeah. Um, personally, we don't use mutual funds and, and okay. there's, we can get into a whole, whole nother show as to why you have to understand a mutual fund is a pooled investment. So in a pooled investment, what somebody does in the pool, everyone else experiences <laughs> and, and it's just the way it works. I mean, it, you know, That's so a great analogy. Yes. And the, the downside to it, to a mutual fund is especially if it's non-retirement money. And, and we get into this in our classes is, is these capital gain distribution. So, I mean, you can be in a mutual fund where you invested maybe when the market was high, now it's low. You physically see your account value worth less, Yeah. but you're going to get a 1099 at the end of the year that says, oh, you made, you know, X amount in capital gain distributions. And you're looking at this thing, what just happened? Yeah. You know, I lost X amount in the account value, but now I'm getting a 1099 that I've got a capital gain distribution. Well, what ended up happening is the manager in that fund bought the shares behind the scenes years ago, mm. and they actually made money because the the value in the fund increased of those shares, even though when you bought in, you bought them in at a higher value. Yeah. So again, technical, another whole other, another discussion, but with a pooled investment, it, it's you've just got to be very careful because- it's not the manager that forced it. What ends up happening is if somebody wants out, people panic and jump out of that mutual fund. Managers don't have a choice. They now have to sell investments mm-hmm. yeah, to right. generate cash to make that liquidation that are causing these capital gain distributions. So, 
Yeah, and that's that's such a great analogy. All I can think now is like the lifeguard, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, watching the pool uh, and realizing that none of the 20 kids that they're watching have left to go to the restroom for a while. <laughs> that's right. What's going on? Yeah. You yeah know, so every, everyone in the pool is experiencing what everyone experiencing else does. the same so. thing. Yeah. So, that's, so that's, if you're the investor that you got a long-term goal, vision, understand ups and downs yeah. in markets, you're going to get affected negatively in a mutual fund because somebody that's panicking and jumping out of the market is forcing the hand of that manager. Yeah, so. that's a great point. Uh, final one, Phil, uh, cash, uh, mm -hmm. you know, having too much, having too little, uh, you know, it, it's a super sticky point. Inflation yeah. and <clears throat> things right now, interest rates going up, bring, bring it back around again. Uh, yep. Last couple of years, people, you know, you just say, look, you're crazy to have too much money sitting in cash because it's certainly doing nothing. Right. Now people are starting to make the argument, well, with interest rates ticking up, maybe it's a little better, but we just kind of touched on the well, fact. what is inflation doing? You know, yeah, it's still, never again, it's still never going to touch inflation. So but, I mean, ca cash is a tool like anything else. Yeah. You know? But somebody, somebody might come to you, Phil, and say, look, I'm going against the grain because I got a hundred grand sitting in my bank account mm -hmm. in cash and I want to keep it there because it makes me feel better. That's, that's tough to work with. Well, again, head, head rule, tummy rule. I mean, and that's a whole discussion we can have on that with clients too. But, yeah. and again, our bucket concept now, soon and later, um, now that's a crash. Now is money in the bank. It's an emergency fund. It's that I want to have it there just to keep me happy Yeah. To know that, Hey, if, everything goes bad. At least I got this right. Or, right, right. you know, the, the roof blows off and I have to hire somebody to get it. I don't want to worry with the insurance company. I just want to get it done. I'll deal with them later. Right. You know, I've yeah. got the money to do it. You know, and that, that to me is where cash fits, but it maybe is in one aspect. logical. It maybe it's not the smartest math move. Well, it, for that, it is. I mean, for oh, that okay. emergency okay. fund type of money that you don't know when you're going to need it, it's, have it there. Well, you know, I mean, I'm like not worried an, about long-term inflation. And yeah, it's just, I mean like an excessive amount of money though. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you get into an excessive amount of money, it, it probably isn't going to make sense, you know, yeah. because you're never keeping up with inflation. Right. Um, and yeah, it gives you some comfort. You know, kind of, how do you kind of balance that sometimes when the person is dead set on having an over amount of money on cash, when you know that mathematically it's not there, you kind of have to go against your own grain and say, you know, all right, look, this is not the smartest of moves, but we're going to maybe make adjustments someplace else to compensate. Right. Well, it's just, again, it's, it's not my plan. It's theirs. If that's what they're sure. dead set on, well, then we have to change a lot of assumptions because right, we're yeah. no longer going to be able to to earn above an inflation assumption in the plant. Okay. So now we're going to have to dramatically, you know, reduce our inflation or growth on that asset because it's never going to keep up with inflation. And now all of a sudden, maybe the plan doesn't work. Mm. You know, now if, if you want to keep the cash there, well, rather than spend 50,000 a year, you can only spend 40. Okay. Great point. We don't, we can't keep up with inflation. So you're going to be spending principal quick. Yeah. That's a great point. So, so it's all a matter of finding the right fit for you. Maybe what you need goes against the traditional grain. Uh, maybe what you need goes right along with the traditional grains, right? So everybody's yep. going to be a little bit different. So uh, at the end of the day, you got to find you know the right advisor. You got to find the right fit. You got to find the right plan. All those kind of conversation pieces. And it's really... That's why so many advisors offer really the consultations and conversations Absolutely. free because it gives you a chance to start finding out. It's not designed to turn, you know, every person that listened to the podcast, Phil, if they, if they all came in to see you, not everyone's going to become a client. Right. And I don't want everyone as a client because I'm not a good fit for everyone. Right. You know, and, and it, yeah, to your point, that's what our initial consultation is, is I want to hear from you. What are you trying to accomplish? You know, yeah. 
and, and I'll answer whatever questions you have as well. So we get to start to understand each other. Is there consensus? Do we think we can work together? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you come to me and say, okay, I've got everything in the bank and I think I'm going to earn 8% a year and we're going to do all these, you know, and I'm going to spend 10% of my money every year. At the end of the discussion, I'm probably going to tell you, you know, I don't think we're the right fit. Yeah. Because there, there's just way too many assumptions and, and concepts that I don't think we can get you through, you know? Right. And if you're but, not... And if you're not willing to take the advice, that's how, that's the big caveat. Exactly. Right? That that is a caveat, right? If if we have a little discussion on that, and, and you're not willing to understand and and rely on my experience, yeah. You know, same thing with a doctor. I mean, if you go to a doctor and they keep telling you to do this and do that, and you don't do it, and you keep complaining, well, I've still got this. At some point, they're probably going to say, you know what? I don't think we're a good fit. Yeah. Well, you're not, you're not, you're not taking our advice anyway. So why, why are we doing this? The standard doctor thing is lose weight, right? It's pretty much what they always say. Well, you need to lose a few pounds. And if you don't, they're always going to keep saying that eventually it's going to, you know, become a bigger problem. So just make sure you're finding the right advisor for you. And again, that's why it's good. It's good to talk to one, two, three, uh, you know, process and and see what the right one is for you. So going against grain, not always a bad thing. Certainly Mm -hmm. can be beneficial as well. Thanks for hanging out with us on Phil's tax hacks and other retirement facts. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, uh, all that good kind of stuff. You can check the, the show out online in video form or in audio form, of course, either way. And you can find all of it at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Phil, I'll see you next time, my friend. Thanks for hanging out. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.